Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. As many of you know, we've announced our winners in the Good Snakes Flash Fiction Contest. In third place, Calculated Risk by Steve Raza. In second place, Serpent Quest by Laura L. Zimmerman. And in first place, writing all the way from China, Standoff by Reed Benson. Congratulations to all of our winners. I had a fun time working with all of our great authors, and I think we'll revisit this writing contest format sometime this summer. As for the show today, think of this as a bonus episode. We have another great story from Michelle Archer, episode 41, The School of the Exorcists, and episode 54, Dale, Me, and the Speed Demon, coming your way next time. But to hold you over until then, here's a little story I read before a live audience. Take note that I have not edited out any verbal stumbles. If you want to see what trouble I've been getting myself into lately, you can check out my website at www.nathanjamesnorman.com or visit my church at www.orchardchurch.net. So without further ado, The Untold Podcast presents The Redemption of the Clown by Nathan James Norman. It is the worst time to be a clown, I said to Doodle. The aged clown sighed and leaned back as far as he could on the three-legged stool. He only wore the faintest amount of grease paint, blue diamonds around his eyes, and a thin black-red smile touching each cheek. Listen, Knick-Knack, clowns have been around since ancient Greece. We survived empires and wars. We can survive a few scary movies. A few scary movies, I said. It's more than that. Ringling Brothers closed last year. The Clown Association has lost half of its membership in five years. Half. And even McDonald's ended their Ronald program. There's nowhere else for us to go except these run-down mom-and-pop circuses, Doodle. The older clown smiled. It was a warm smile, not silly. Why did you become a clown in the first place, Knick-Knack? I almost touched my head but stopped myself. These days I didn't wear much grease paint, but I didn't want to smear the design Otter had given me earlier in the day. (sighs) I became a clown because I wanted to make people, I corrected myself. I wanted to make children happy. I wanted to make them laugh, even if just for a moment to bring a smile to their faces in this dark world. Doodle said, and that's what you keep doing. That's what you focus on. (sighs) It isn't enough, I said. I've stopped wearing most of my makeup, Doodle, but it isn't enough. Last week, the children's hospital said we couldn't come because it would scare the children. We need to do something. He put his hand on my shoulder. Making children happy is doing something, Knick-Knack. However few we see these days. Five to curtain! The ringmaster's voice bellowed under the tent. I pulled my floppy shoes on and walled to the center ring to emcee the show. It went without a hitch. The acrobats twirled and flew without dropping onto the safety nets. The lions jumped through the hoops for the trainers and pretended to chase Otter when he stumbled into the cage. And Patch and I managed to hit all of our gags in the extended bit the owner let us try out. The laughter was there, but it was quiet. Distracted laughter. Kids missed the sight gags because they were playing on their phones, which I suppose was better than their parents who were talking on their phones. No one stood in awe of the elephants or lions or chimps anymore. Why not just Google them for pictures? The smell was certainly better than in person. I spent months in that little circus. They charged $15 for a show. Most shows barely cracked 100 people. 
The math just didn't work. Eventually, we'd have to go from eating ramen to eating the elephant. Lighten up, that was a joke. I met Patch after wrangling clothes, and I joined up with this circus family. He was a good clown. He knew how to make the most effective pies. Just a hint of paint mixer increased the blast radius. And his split, spit takes made me laugh no matter how many times I saw it. We had a miserable time in Milwaukee. No show cracked over 50 in attendance. And worse, none of us clowns, green buttons, doodle, patch, otter, could find any extra work. No hospital visits, no birthday parties, not even a senior center. <sighs> I am sick of this. I said to Patch after a show with abysmal attendance. Patch said, I know, Doodle. I know. Doodle is pretty optimistic, but I don't think this circus is going to last much longer. Did you see how that mom was looking at us? Yeah, I said. Like I was going to toss her kid to the lion or something. I'm not evil. I yelled out toward the makeshift dirt parking lot. Clouds are not evil! My voice echoed across the three cars still in the field. But if anyone heard, they didn't care enough to respond. Maybe. You can be, Patches said. I turned back to him. What are you talking about? Patches smiled, just a little bit. Do you want to change how people see clowns? Yeah, I said unsure. Look, I know doodle means all well and good, but we're getting nowhere in the PR war. Trying to make these kids happy, he lowered his voice. People already think clowns are evil, right? So the trick isn't to convince them that we're not. We've tried that. It doesn't work. We need to show them that there are good clowns amidst the evil clowns. We need to give them superhero clowns to defeat all the evil clowns running around in Stephen King novels. I was confused. So you want us to run around in capes and write comic books or something? Oh no, Patches said. I have a better idea. I quit the circus in Milwaukee. I made a big show of it, too, going on and on about how little I was being paid and how no one liked clowns anymore and how clowns like Doodle were naive to think anyone would like clowns or circuses ever again. True to the plan, I laid low for a few weeks. And then two weeks before the circus hit Philly, I began to go out at night. Putting on the grease paint again felt good, but rather than a smile, I painted on a jagged frown, dark foreboding eyes and a sinister furrow brow. I stood on street corners at midnight, holding a decapitated teddy bear or a baseball bat. I lurked at the edge of the woods near a shopping plaza at 9 p.m. I stood with an eyeless baby doll outside the front door of a daycare center at 10 p.m. Photos, photos, photos. My picture was in the paper almost every day. I began tying balloons around sewer grates. I spray-painted ugly clown faces on delis and in alleyways. I even put red floppy shoes on top of closed dumpsters around the city. By the time the circus rolled into town, everyone was terrified of clowns. I met Patches outside of a 7-Eleven early one morning. Neither of us were wearing costumes. You almost did too good of a job, he said. The owners almost skipped Philly because of the sightings. I said, I was afraid that might happen. Well, the good news is I convinced them that there was no such thing as bad publicity. Patches pulled out a handful of papers. So I found two child actors. Their parents signed these release forms. He pulled out some more papers, and I made them sign non-disclosure statements. I looked over them enough to see a few signatures on the bottom. He said, do you know what to do? I nodded. After the lion show, I run out of the shadows, grab the two kids, and say I'm going to feed them to the lions. Just as I'm reaching the door, you come out of nowhere, knock me out, save the kids, and drag me out of the tent so I can get away. 
Patches giggled and did a little dance. This is so perfect. It's going to be all over YouTube. He stopped and tears began to form in his eyes. This is the start. This is where people start liking clowns again. The next day, Patches snuck me into the dark folds of the big top. Don't ask how. It involved elephant piles, a squirting flower, and a rubber nose. As the larger-than-usual crowd began filling the stands, Patches pointed out a little boy and girl in the front row. That's them. Remember, you're an evil clown. No shenanigans. Hide until you snatch them, and then run for the lion cage. The show was spectacular. Patches had perfected his gag with green buttons. They actually made a great pair. When the trainer began working with the lions, I made my way to the back of the stands. The front row was still five feet above ground level. I'd have to make the grab as quick as possible. When I heard the lion cage close, I detached the wood panel and emerged from beneath the stands. I unlatched the staircase to the stands and ran up the stairs. The crowd didn't react until I had tucked a kid under each arm and ran back down. These two kids couldn't have been more than 30 pounds each. I was thankful Patch had hired a couple of really light kids. I'm going to feed you to the lions! (laughs) I growled. My voice carried throughout the tent. Then the screaming began. First the little boy and girl. They were incredible. They really had a future in acting. And the crowd was screaming. So were the kids' parents. They tried to rush down the stairs, but they couldn't get past the latch. I let out a maniacal laugh. The lions are hungry! (laughs) I ran to the lion cage. The felines began roaring, overstimulated by the excited crowd. As I neared the cage, the lioness leapt at the door. It startled me. I fell. I fell onto the boy's arm and I heard a crack. The next thing I knew, the lion tamer was all over me. Then the strong man, followed by parent after parent. As I was being punched and kicked, everything went dark. Doodle sat on the other side of the prison glass, holding the phone to his ear as I recounted my story to him. When I was done, I said to the aged clown, I just wanted people to like clowns again. Doodle moved the receiver away and coughed on his shoulder, then returned the phone to the side of his face. And how's that working for you, Knickknack? I frowned. They don't let us have face paint here, but it was an exaggerated frown, the type they teach you how to do in clown school. If everything had gone to plan, I'd be a hero. It was never going to go to plan, son. Doodle shifted in his seat. Those kids you grabbed, their parents never signed waivers. They didn't know anything about it. And Patch was never going to be able to drag you away out of the tent in in time. (sighs) But it sounded like such a good idea. I almost slammed my fist on the glass, but caught a glimpse of the guard looking over my shoulder. Good, Doodle said. Good? It wasn't good. It was evil. No, it wasn't, I said. Remind me again why you became a clown, he asked. I almost hung up the receiver, but I mumbled to make kids happy. And do you think terrifying people in the middle of the night or threatening to feed children to lions was going to make them happy? He asked. I thought, I stumbled over my words. I thought it would in the long run. I thought the end result would make more children love us. Doodle smiled. Your job is, he corrected himself, your job was to make children happy, to love them whether or not they loved you back, not the other way around. I smiled back. Well, 
At least I had good intentions. The old clown's smile disappeared. No, you didn't. What Patch did was evil. What you did was evil. You both became evil clowns. No, I slammed the glass. Who cared about the guards? I'm not evil. I was trying to do good. I was trying to help us. I was trying to help you. How could it be evil? How could it be wrong? I was just trying to do the right thing. It felt like the right thing. Just before the guard grabbed me away from the receiver, Doodle placed his hand on the glass that separated us. All a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. And that was our story. I hope you liked it. This was a part of a sermon based on Proverbs 21.2. If you want to hear the rest of the sermon, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Before we go, remember that... This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. And please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us a nice review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, support us on Patreon, and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannon, Fred Heimbach, Clayton Webb, Jen Finelli, Parker J. Cole, Laura Van Arendonk Ba, and Nathan and Casey Butler. And I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you it is the worst time to be a clown. <laughs> <laughs>